Um, I want to I share with you this morning um, one, thing that I, one thing that I love to do, one thing that I, I enjoy doing and, and take the opportunity to do it whenever I can is to play basketball. Um, I have played the game of basketball for many years and I, I hope to continue to do that for some time. And uh, I have invested a lot of time and money and energy in my pursuits of my love of basketball. It's something that brings me joy, <clears throat> but it also brings me sore muscles and uh, increasingly aching bones as I get older. Um, as I have progressed through life, the pace of my basketball game has slowed. My fitness levels are probably not what they once were and they weren't great to begin with. Um, but it continues to bring me joy. And I love being on the court and I love to be part of the action. But I also love to watch the game and I, I love to watch the NBA and, and see how the best in the world play the game and, and just watch these incredible skills and, and the athleticism um, that they have and, and just the giftings that those guys have to be able to play at that high level and it's just absolutely amazing. And uh, my wife and I are married and, and I have three amazing kids. I have Zeke who is, is 10, turning 11 later this month, um, Abby May who is 8 and Toby who is nearly four. Um, but Zeke, my oldest, um, as I've said, turning late, 11 later this month, has, has started to follow in my footsteps. He is uh, also playing basketball. And, and last weekend, as, as I do most Saturdays, I had the, the joy of taking Zeke to his basketball game. Um, and it was the first game back after a lengthy Christmas break. Now, when I'm at Zeke's basketball games, I, I must admit, I, I, when I'm sitting on the sideline, I need to remind myself that, that Zeke and his teammates uh, are not NBA superstars. Um, they're under 12s. And they are, they are learning and gaining understanding of, of what it is to play the game of basketball. And so these, these young guys, they've been playing together for a little while now and they are slowly getting better and better as they grow in their skill and their understanding of how the game's played. Anyway, so last Saturday, not yesterday, but last Saturday, um, was their first game back after a very long school holiday break. They hadn't had any training. You see where I'm going with this, don't you? And it seemed from, from the very start of the game that, um, that the entire team had forgotten how the game was played. Perhaps they had even forgotten what game they were playing. And partway through the first half, a, a glance up at the scoreboard indicated that that was the case. Um, they were down 17 to 3. Um, and it was like there was five individuals on the court, all running around, all trying to do everything themselves. Um, and as a spectator, it can probably be best described as chaos. And then half-time rolled around and, and the whole team gathered together and uh, the coach spoke with them. And then after half-time, things were different. There was still some elements of chaos, but it was less five individuals running around and more, more of a team, a team with a common purpose that was working together. And when they did that, they got steals and then they made good passes and 
Instead of trying to do it all themselves, they passed it off and that led to good shots which resulted in points and with two minutes and 54 seconds left on the clock, the scores were locked at 25 apiece. What a comeback. I was... <laughs> Come on! It was, it was edge of your seat stuff. It wasn't the NBA, but I was on the edge of my seat and that last three minutes, you know, it was under 12s. But everyone was there, all the families were there, both teams, you know, there were people coming for the next game and everyone was yelling and cheering because it was just backwards and forwards. And then with 25 seconds left on the clock, Zeke's team was in front. They were up 29 to 28. All they had to do was hold onto the ball and they had it. They had the ball. It was so exciting and that's when it happened. <sighs> Pass got intercepted and the other team with this guy who had just hit every shot, he was unbelievable, he, I don't think he missed a shot the entire game and this kid, he got the ball and he ran it down the court and the clock was going down and he had this wide open layup and he put it up and the buzzer went and it missed. Yes! <laughs> Winners! Woohoo! And so for one team, there was this amazing celebration. There was jumping and there was hugs and there was high fives and there was laughter and smiles and from the parents as well. And it was amazing. But then the other team, there was, there was disappointment. I must admit, I nearly had a heart attack in the process, but the right team won in the end. <laughs> it was a very proud dad moment. And so why am I telling you this story this morning? Well, it's a proud dad moment. I just had to tell you, but... <clears throat> You know, because just like Zeke's basketball team, as, as Christians, as, as followers of Christ, we are better together, aren't we? In fact, it's not just that we're better, but there's really no other option for us as Christians than to do life together. God draws us together to fulfil His purposes. As a, as a community, as a, as a body of Christ, we are, we are gathered here and we, we gather together as Cornerstone. And when we do that... We do it together. You know, through the, through the different messages that we've had since the start of, of this year, we've been reminded that we are a body of Christ, that God's intention for us is to be in community and to work with each other. And I'm just so encouraged to hear the things that are going on in this place this morning that indicate that we're actually doing that. And each of us is designed and created to be, to be part of this, this community, part of this body that, that all has its part to play and, and contributes together with whatever resources we have and whatever ability we have. To bring that, even if it's this one tiny little thing that we might be able to do, this one tiny seed, and to plant it and to watch it grow. Yeah, God, God has designed us to be in community and, and in John 15, 5, Jesus says this, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. When, when we are in relationship with God, he, he draws us together. When we are in him, we are no longer alone. We are connected into Jesus and when we, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, he is, he is living in our hearts and we are connected to Him, the vine. But that connection also means that we are connected to each other through relationship with Jesus. 
And before we have that relationship, before we have a relationship with God, before we have Jesus and his forgiveness in our lives, there is something missing. There is something absent from each one of us and, and something that can only be filled by being in relationship with God. And when we make that choice to invite Jesus into our lives to, to, for us to accept the forgiveness that is on offer for every single one of us here this morning and to, to receive this amazing outpouring of love that he has for us, then, then when we make that choice, that, that is the final decision that we are ever intended to make on our own. Let me just say that again. That is the final decision that we are ever intended to make alone. And that is the final moment that we are ever truly alone. Because in that instant, Jesus lives in us. In that instant of salvation, we enter into community through Jesus Christ. Our salvation results in community. And to do community well, it requires togetherness. You know, we we are connected to Jesus the vine and through him we are connected to to each other. You know, as as we journey with God, as we grow in relationship, our focus should not be on ourselves as individuals. It isn't my walk and my understanding of God and my knowledge and my experience and my worship, but rather our walk and our faith, us together in our worship as we've done this morning. All of these things, all of these things, journeying together in what God has for us. We are connected to each other here as a community of Cornerstone, but we are also connected to other followers of Christ in Darwin and in Australia and throughout the entire world and thousands and thousands together through Christ bringing honour to his name. And in the book of Hebrews, in in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul reminds us in in chapter 11, which is known as the faith chapter. You might be familiar with it. I want to encourage you to, to grab it and read it later today. But he lists through a whole heap of people in the Old Testament that you may be familiar with. Ordinary people who followed God's instructions faithfully. People like Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Joseph and Rahab, and Gideon, and David, and Samuel, and the list goes on and on. All of these people who used, who God used to do extraordinary things. And then in the very next chapter in Hebrews 12, it says this, therefore, therefore, because of all of these people that have come before us, all of these people who who believe in my name, Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that is so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You know, God intends for us not to to go this journey of life alone. God has designed and has intention for the church as as followers of Jesus is that, that, that we are combined into one body, And all of those that have come before us are cheering us on. But we also need to be cheering each other on in that as well. Keeping each other focused, keeping each other supported, encouraging one another so that we can all finish the race that God has set before us. 
Notice that since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses and let us run this journey together, it's about togetherness, it's not about individual, it's not about me, it's not about you, but it's about us. And it's about bringing glory to Him, glory to God through everything that we do. You know, God, God isn't intending us to, to all do something completely different and all head in completely different directions. But we are one body and we're serving a common purpose. Just like Zeke's basketball game, you know, if we, if we all try and go and off and do our own thing, it just results in chaos. You know, you might get lucky and you might score a few points here and there. But you're not going to win the game. And so when, when we work with common purpose and when we support each other and we bring glory to Him, it's what happens. We bring glory to God who has saved us. Now God's purpose for us is to be in relationship, to be in relationship with Him and to invite others into that same place. And you know, sometimes despite, despite God's intended connectedness, maybe there are times in our lives as, as Christians when we feel like we might be alone. When we think that maybe we know best and we go off on our own direction and we, we follow our own desires and we follow our own ideas and, you know, we make mistakes and we hurt people and, you know, in that process we might even hurt ourselves. You know, perhaps we, we start to listen to what the world is, is, is saying to us and we listen to the world's values and the world's beliefs and, and we start devaluing ourselves and we forget who God says we are in His Word, in the Bible. And we find ourselves in this place we are, where we are hearing ourselves say, I am so alone. And we end up in that place because we choose to distance ourselves from God and from the body that we're supposed to be connected to. This, in, this incredible thing that, that is, is that God is faithful to all of us and He is always there, ready and waiting for us to turn back to Him. And that's how it should be for us as a body as well. That we are supposed to be there for each other too to love and to forgive and to welcome everyone in the same way that, that Jesus has already done for us. Supporting each other and reminding each other of God's promises for us and running that race together. You know, and as, as we do that, I just, I just picture God sitting on the edge of his seat, like me at that basketball game last week. Sitting on the edge of his seat, waiting for, for us to remember or to look to the sidelines and see that he is there amongst the crowd cheering us on. You know, God has, has placed people around you to support you and for you to support. We are all here for each other and for every person who steps into our lives. And it just requires us to be present, to have faith in God, to just turn up and be connected. Now, Romans 12 reminds us of, of the connectedness and purpose for each other. And I'm going to read some portions of this this morning, and it's not on the screen, I don't think. I, I don't believe I put it up there, but I just want you to just 
really focus on, on this passage, to listen to the words that are being spoken. And, and I'm reading from the message translation this morning. And this is what it says. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. We are like the various parts of a human body and each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. That's us, the church. And each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much. So since we find ourselves fashioned into all of these excellently formed and marvellously functioning parts of Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. Without enviously or, or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something that we're not. If you preach, just preach God's message and nothing else. If you help, just help and don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, then don't manipulate. And if you're called to give aid to people in distress, then keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them, but keep a smile on your face. Love from the centre of who you are and don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil and hold on to dear life for what is good. Be good friends who love deeply and practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out, but keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the Master and be cheerfully expectant. And don't quit in the hard times, but pray all the harder. Help needy Christians and be inventive in your hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they are happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other and don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies and don't be a great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. And if you've got it in you, then get along with everybody. And don't insist on getting even, that's not for you to do. I'll be the judging, do the judging, says God. 
and I'll take care of it. Now, scriptures tell us that if we see our enemy hungry, that we go and buy that person lunch, or if he is thirsty, we get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. What a challenge for us this morning as a church community, as as we are all in this together. We all have a part to play. And whatever you do, do it well. Do it for God's glory and not for yours. You know, what, what do we do when we, when we see someone struggling? Do we come around them and do we support them and we remind them of who God is and do we pray with them? Do we take the time to, to remind each other of the love that God has for us? Remind each other of His grace and His forgiveness that He has for each one of us. You know, do we, do we share the incredible news that, that Jesus has the victory over sin and death? to every single person that we meet outside of this place and tell them that they are loved and tell them that they are forgiven. You know, as a, as a people of God, our job is to lead others into relationship with Him. It's to encourage each other in our relationships with God and to, to share struggles and to share our trials and to encourage one another, to love one another and everyone who walks through those doors in just the way that Jesus loves us. You know, we, we, are, we are all in this together. From the very moment that we invite Jesus into our hearts, we are, we are in family, we are, we are in community, we are part of the same team. And we are playing for a prize that is, that is far greater than, than any basketball game or any other worldly accolade that we could ever aspire to. We are playing for a prize that is eternity and relationship with God. And you know, the incredible thing about all of that is that the victory is already won. You know, Jesus has already won the victory. We are playing on the winning team and it is our job as believers to bring others into that same victory. To bring others into the victory of God and to do that together. We are better together. You know, our mission here at Cornerstone is that that we are here to share God's message of life and to bring people into God's family. To bring people into the body of Christ. You know, and this morning we are gathered in the midst of an incredible family of God that we have seated here this morning. An incredible community. And all of us who call this place home, we all have an incredible task to do. And we are here to do it together as a body. With everyone playing their part. Together. Not as individuals, but together. Now this morning, I want to do something a little bit different. I want us to stand together. And I want us to spend some time joining together and praying and sharing and supporting each other here in this place. I want to ask the music team to to come up now too, and I'm just going to ask them to play for a while while we do that. But as I have um, prepared this message, 
I've had this incredible sense that God is, is just reminding us that, that we are in this together. And that he wants to do something amazing in this place. We've already had, had comments that, that God is here and he is moving. And I don't want us to miss this opportunity this morning. We are here gathered as this amazing family of God. And he is here and he is wanting to restore and renew. And he is wanting to bring release and he wants to set you free. He wants to give freedom from things that feel are binding you and holding you captive and holding you back. And yet God is here and he's waiting with open and loving arms and he is ready to embrace you. He is wanting to restore connection with you and connection with this family. And so I want to invite you to stand. And we're going to stand as one body. So let's do that now. Let's stand together in unity in this place. You know, maybe, maybe you are here this morning and you feel like you don't have anything to offer. We are going to pray for you. Maybe you've listened this morning and you're not sure what your part of the body is. You're not sure what part you can play. You know, I believe that God is going to show you what that part is this morning. And we're going to join together as a church and we're going to pray. You know, perhaps you are here and you are, you are feeling alone. Perhaps you realize that, that maybe you have gone off on your own. Maybe you've made some mistakes. But as a church, we're going to pray with you and we're going to stand with you and we're going to declare God's promises over you because you are not alone. You know, perhaps you are here this morning and you need healing. As a church, we are going to pray for God's healing to restore you. You know, maybe there's something else that I haven't mentioned and you want to bring that to God in prayer. I want to encourage you to do that as well. You know, as I've said, we have this incredible body this family here this morning and we're going to pray. And what I want you to do is, if you want prayer, I want you to be really brave and I want you to raise your hand up. So can you do that now? Just lift your hand up. And if you haven't got your hand raised, then if there's someone near you that does have their hand raised, I want you to gather around them and just start to pray. You know, maybe you don't know what to pray and that's okay. You can just say, God, help this person in whatever they're struggling with. And God knows. God knows everything that is going on. So I want you to just just receive this morning. Take the opportunity. We're just going to spend time praying. So just gather around those with their hands that were raised. And let's pray together. If there's no one near you, I want you to just, just pray. Pray over the people that are standing around you. Pray over every person that is in this place. Pray for God's goodness and mercy and forgiveness and healing and wisdom and understanding to flow. Just pray for God's Holy Spirit. Lord God, you let your Holy Spirit fall in this place this morning. Ignite a fire in us. Enable us to be the community and the body that you are calling us to be. God, we want to see a mighty move of you in this place. God, I pray that you would just come and you would transform. You would transform people. God, we thank you that it is so evident that you are here with us. We thank you that you invite us to join this body. 
God, I thank you for your forgiveness. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you can take any situation and you can turn it to good. And you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it to good. You turn it for your purpose. We thank you for your mercy that you pour out on us. God, let your spirit fall. Touch our hearts and minds. Renew us and refresh us. God, we just thank you that your promises are true. We thank you that you can turn all things for good. We thank you that when the enemy tries to succeed, all he finds is failure. And we thank you that the enemy flees when he hears your name. And so we declare the name of Jesus over this place this morning. We pray this morning that purpose would be realized. We pray that healing would take place. We pray for breakthrough and release for those who feel trapped. Thank you, God, for all things that are required in this place this morning because all things are possible through you and nothing can stop you from working. And we thank you for that. And we just declare your goodness over this place. We thank you for who you are.